0: holidays everybody this is whiskey web and whatnot advent of whiskey edition nearing the end of this according to my advent calendar here i believe christmas is in a couple days right that's correct yes i think
1: it's right <laughs> or rightish around when this is published possible
0: who knows yeah. Well, I mean, the joke is that it's currently December 8th. So, uh, mm-hmm. yes. Oops. We've had a lot of whiskey, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to continue that. I'm Robbie. That's Chuck. I don't know if we need to introduce ourselves every time, but it's fun. Everyone on other podcasts does it. So, yeah. Always assuming this is the first for whatever reason you'd have. That's true. Yes. That's true. All right. So we've got number 20. Yes. Product of Australia. Tell us about it.
1: Well, uh, not a lot to learn here, Chuck. It uh, looks like it's non-age stated. It is forty-one percent or eighty-two proof. Um, looks like it was bottled four years ago. So, how is that not age? I don't know. Okay, it was bottled
0: four years ago. I guess that's bottles. Yeah, it doesn't it didn't sit in the barrel for how long? Um, let's see here. Typically, when there's no age statement, it means it's not that old, and they don't want to yeah. say. It looks kind of dark for what it is. So um, it does. Single malt whiskey
1: called Starward, as you mentioned, from Australia. This is single malt. It doesn't smell very malty. Mm. Hmm. Okay, the creators had carefully selected barrels that used to house locally made shiraz, cab Sav, and pinot. Hmm. They made sure the barrels weren't charged. The way they preserve both the character of the wine and the oak big idea from behind this dram is honoring the tradition while not being trapped by it okay so the darkness is probably from the wine yeah that's how they trick you there yeah it does have a sweet berry grape kind of (laughs) smell to me so
0: yeah it smells like have you ever had haichu haichu yeah like a gum no it's a candy but it's like a very Mm. chewy I, I believe it's Japanese Yeah, I feel like I can see the packaging in my mind, but I don't know. Don't recall
1: it specifically.
0: Yeah, you can widely get it now, like at just normal grocery stores and stuff. Didn't used to be the case, but they have a grape one, and it it smells like that if you, like, soaked that in a pile of (laughs) vodka or something, because this doesn't smell (laughs) all that scotchy. Yeah, I still get a little grape juice initially. It
1: does have a little more spiciness than I expected. So the wood is there. And it's not charred, so.
0: Yeah, I would say this is probably the best single malt I've ever had. Wow. And that's saying that it doesn't taste like what people who like single malt would like. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So that's the thing. This is not,
1: like, your thing. So that's why I like it. Yeah. Interesting. It is good and different.
0: I don't know. I feel like I get a little bit of, like, on that second taste. The tiniest amount of, like, there might be some scotch in here, but it's really, like, it's very grapey. It just tastes like grape candy to me.
1: Mm. (laughs) Burning grape candy. Yeah. So, how do you like your grape candy? Well, I let it burn a little bit and perhaps make me lightheaded.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like a fun time. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I think this one for me is, I'm going to go crazy and say it's a seven. Mm. I was going to go six. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I think it's good. I can't exactly say why. I don't think other people would like it that much. I will say that. Yeah. Well, if you get a chance, find yourself in Australia. Starward. I think the big thing here is like similar to all the barrel ones we've tried. It seems to be my new jam of like, if you get a few cool barrels that have a good flavor and finish it in those, it's going to be much better than if you didn't. Right. Yeah.
1: I think that's the, another way of getting around to like, oh, we're not aging this very long. So right. what can we do to get more flavor in there and using used barrels, mm-hmm. which is a scotch thing, too, of course. But you got know, like really narrowing in on those deep reds. I think you definitely get that in this. So, yeah, not bad. I've had some port finished rise before, but, but yeah, this definitely is much sweeter than that. Cool. Tell us about 21. Well, it's my birthday um happy birthday yellow rose distilling looks like this is from the us of a from texas specifically it is straight bourbon whiskey so it should have a mash bill that reflects that looks like it's about 92 proof um let's see their description has nothing specific to the mash bill so it's just it's a secret to you and me and everyone we know so let's just get to it then all right hmm Banana peels. I don't know what else. Hmm. Put it in the Glen Carn and find out. Right. All right. What do we got? Maybe a little space there, but I, I do definitely get banana peels.
0: This smells like a freshly built post and beam wood room. <laughs> the entire room. Like it has a little bit. Of new house smell to it, like the drywall and stuff, but it's also very woody. Like it just feels fresh, like it's new.
1: Mm.
0: Okay, newer whiskey, it's possible.
1: I still get a little banana initially on the flavor train, and um, welcome to Flavor (laughs) Town, whiskey
0: edition. (laughs) You get that right? Yes. Getting great. This is very smoky. Once you taste it, mm. it doesn't smell super smoky. Mm, I'm not getting that at all. Maybe it's not smoke. It reminds me of like the smell of a, you know, like a toy train. They're not toy, but like one that moves around the tracks, like an electric train. And they'll have like fake smoke okay. in them and like some different lubricants and things, I guess, in there. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it's just smells like that going around the track or like tastes like that. I mean, tastes like it going around the track.
1: Yeah. That's... <laughs> That's very specific. That's way more than I have. I was still starting with the initial banana peel, getting a little woody, getting a little spice in there, like maybe cinnamon or something smidge at the end.
0: Yeah. I think it's woody and it's chemically in like in some way to me. Maybe.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, given that it's a bourbon. Yeah. It's not a not great in my opinion. See, I don't think it's bad, but I don't think it's great. Exactly. I'm not like Mm -hmm. this is not good. I don't. I don't really care for this. It's drinkable. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a four right in the middle. That's fair. It's not great, and it's not bad.
0: Yeah, that's what I'll do too. <sighs> cool. Huh, well, here we go. Whiskey is complete. So let's do a couple holiday trivias just to bring us in here. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I don't, I'm do running out of ones we haven't done. I should have done these in order or something because it's hard to find now. <laughs> when was the first New Year's Eve ball drop?
1: Mm, 1912.
0: Okay. I'm going to say 1892. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. 1907.
1: Split the difference. I felt pretty confident that it was the 20th century and that I can actually remember watching like a ball drop thing. The first one dropped? Yeah, in 1907. And then also 100 years later, I also saw where they were like, this is the 100-year anniversary of. Yeah. Um, so it was really great for me to have that, like, bookend and milestone. <laughs> you know, I was five years old. Yeah. You got to tell me what supplements you're taking. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. <laughs> Have you tried that? I have. Actually, I've been doing it for about a month. Oh, yeah? On and off. Mostly, though. The majority of the time. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do feel like I'm getting things. Like, I've got my bases covered, so I kind of like that. How does it taste? Um, when I traveled recently, um, it's kind of like, you know when you get those, like, like fruit smoothies, and then they put, like, spinach and stuff in there? Yeah. So, you know it's a little, like, it's kind of like that. It's a little sweet okay. and a little, like... Spinach is in there, but and it's kind of
0: like probiotics, prebiotics, all kinds of things actually. So it's not like super vegetable-y, it's like no. somewhat pleasant. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would say it's skews to
1: the sweet side. And I actually like to put a little little splash of lemon juice in too. Mm. Take some of the sweet off. And it's good. So Go to our link forward slash whiskey web and whatnot. Yeah. Athleticgreens.com. Athleticgreens.com
0: I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. <I would> guess. <laughs> we should just start picking random things and just pretending it's a sponsor. Just read it out. And just doing like pseudo commercials and then post it on there and see if anybody bites. That would be fun. Yeah.
1: In forced sponsorship. You didn't want to be associated with this show, but you are. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by scotch box tape because it's behind my head right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. One more question on the trivia here. True or false. The song Jingle Bells was written specifically for Christmas. Did we do that one already? I can't remember. I don't think so. Okay. Or
1: the athletic screens aren't working for my brain. (laughs) I'm going to say it wasn't just written for Christmas.
0: Okay. Sure. It wasn't true. Yeah, I'm going to say that, too, that it wasn't. Let's see. Yeah. False. What is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's false. I think that makes sense because it's about, like, riding around in a sleigh. It's not about Christmas. Just about, like, the holiday winter season, necessarily. It's not like,
1: yeah. and then we open presents and a Hmm. fat man comes in. So, anyway. Yeah, that's the fourth verse, right? Yeah, yeah. That's um, our, our family has written a, a special, special version. Still can't get it <laughs> added.
0: But All right. So yeah, we'll do a few more holiday things in the next and final episode. since it'll be, I guess if these air correctly, like right before Christmas. So everyone should be probably not even listening to this because they'll be spending time with their families and not caring about what we have to say. But uh, if you are,
1: maybe your family's different than mine, but I will certainly be taking some breaks.
0: Well, yeah. Depending on the family you're with, you may want to hide or not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's some situations with that in every family, I think. Yeah. There's never a time where like all sides of all families don't have like at least a couple people that you're like, hmm. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have been invited. Yeah. This thing just broke. I'm going to go to the garage and fix it for the next six hours. Uh, I'll see (laughs) you. Yeah. Sorry. You need to get that open. (laughs) <laughs>
1: it's the only way grandma gets in and
0: out. <laughs> anyway. Cool. How about things? So for tech topics, this was top of mind for me because I had just posted a blog post, which if you would like to read it, it is the top five, what did I call it? I guess web developer tools. Like it's developer tools, not necessarily for all web developers, but it could be like any programmer or whatever, but some of them skew towards web. And it's like, Things that you can use to consume the web, build the web, you know, I'm it's a general category for me. And you can read more about those five things at shipshape.io slash blog slash top link. Just yeah, just look <laughs> at the first one on there. I don't know what the slug is. Were you inspired by High Fidelity for this post?
1: I don't know what you mean. That movie with John Cusack and Jack Black and he owns a record store and they have
0: all these top five lists. Mm, no i haven't seen that it's actually called top five records Mm. Mm. interesting fun fact i'm not familiar but yeah so some of the things i had on there my top one was arc i don't know if you've did you try the uh the link when i had the referral you tried it chuck I definitely downloaded it. Mm, haven't tried it other than... I will not be... <laughs> n-
1: might not have tried that yet. I should definitely do that if we have particular guests.
0: Well... But as of now... No one from Mark has yet agreed to be on here. They want to know more about us, which, you know... We're in the works, but... Uh, makes sense. Anyway, so it's very hard to switch browsers, especially if you have more than one computer. Yeah. Because you have probably Chrome open on, like for me it was I think four computers and then all of my tabs are different and I'm always worried about like oh if I close these I'll never remember it again and like whatever but like Arc syncs them across all the devices you have like one in iCloud type of thing and then it also has different types of tabs which is really interesting so you can have like favorites that you use every day like for sure I need like GitHub and Twitter and things that I'm on all the time and then You can have things that are like kind of important, which is like a pinned tab. And so that's what I use to keep track of the things I don't want to disappear, where it's like, oh, I need to like read this one thing. I'm going to throw it in there and it's going to stay there until I read it. Or if it's like my day to day, you know, I open 40 tabs that day debugging something and then it just auto closes all those. I think Mm. you can set the time period, but it's like the default, I believe, is like, 12 hours or something like it's pretty short for whatever the default is mm. and then you can do like a week or like 30 days or you know however you feel but that's really nice because i'd never close my tabs so it keeps it mm. much cleaner for me i don't have like 46 gigs of ram taken up from uh all of my <laughs> my tabs oh, there you
1: go yeah that's the nice thing so, it's, so it must be chromium based still but it has like a whole yeah management system built into yeah. it yeah interesting organizing
0: to me, it it is is Chromium-based, but it feels so different because, like, they moved everything around and, like, changed the way you do things. Whereas I think most Chromium-based browsers, like Brave or... I can't think of another one off the top of my head right now, but, like, Brave is basically Chrome, except it's, like, got some privacy stuff. and like Yeah. So it's not like that. It's not like, hey, we're still basically Chrome, and, like, we added one thing. It's like it feels totally different. You interact with it through, like, a command palette type of thing. So you like command T and instead of just getting a new tab, you get this command palette and you can like search in there. You can find your extensions in there. You can like do various commands. Um, I don't even know all the key commands because I've just kind of started using it. But it just feels very powerful.
1: Yeah. Okay. You might have sold me. Yeah. I just launched it while you were talking
0: about it. And then it's really Hmm. loud the first time. Yeah. It like takes over. And I was like, no, turn off, turn off. Yeah, it's got a lot of uh, stuff that happens the first time. It's got a cool yeah. animation, a lot of sound. Um, yeah, gives you a little badge that's like "I'm cool" and use Arc.
1: Um,
0: right, exactly. Did you put that on your Twitter? I don't think I did, but I you can. Uh, uh, that's in the settings. You can just keep regenerating them, so you can make as many as you want until it, there's one that you think is cool. Mm. What else does it have? Oh, um, so the tab thing too also has like spaces, which are like. So I have a work podcast ship shape and personal and like keep my tabs organized in those Mm. like it's okay it's nice i use separate browsers for those reasons but like yeah Mm. really have to why not yeah i'm sure i'm forgetting some things but i didn't take notes and i don't have my blog post in front of me Mm. what else is cool about it just read it you don't need to regurgitate that yeah just go check it out yeah so we can move uh move down the list well before we just go through my list Are there any you want to add? What have you been using that's cool? Or do you want to think about it while I keep going? I don't know that I've used anything new myself that I think is cool. I do have an
1: interest in learning Vim for some reason. Mm. You like pain? Yes. So, you know, PrimeGian has some videos on Mm. Vim. And I was like, cool, I'm probably going to go through that. That's an open tab currently. So (laughs) Yeah. I want to regress. I want to simplify my tools.
0: Yeah, so we'll skip here through my list. Uh, Two, we'll come back to two. We'll go to three. Three was Zed. Have you seen Zed at all? Yeah, I've seen it. And I think I signed up. And again, I don't think I did anything. (laughs) Yeah, so I, I haven't really used it much either. I've basically booted it up and like I wrote some of my blog posts in it but I'm compelled by the way it works. It just was too much of a mental shift for me in the moment mm. to make it my default editor. Like I wanted to keep using VS Code and I had to be productive because I have deadlines for right now. But yeah, it's my goal to switch fully to it. Like it took me probably a month or two to switch fully to Arc. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to do the same thing with Zed. And it's, it's just very simplified. Like it ha- kind of has a Vim feel to it in that it's like mm. there aren't a ton of icons. There's not a ton of... I think there are extensions and things kind of like VS Code has, but they're not in your face. Like there's no menus for them. They're just like, maybe you can run stuff behind the scenes for like ESLint or, you know, whatever. But the cool thing about it is it is interactive. So you can like share a session with someone and you can just like type in the same thing. Oh, I see. Yeah, so it's very good for pairing. Like their thing is it should be collaborative and it should like all distractions should be gone. So they try to have like as few task bars and icons and alerts and crap you don't need And it's just like just edit your code kind of like you would in vim or something yeah and it's like here's also the ability to share it with people and you can just both type in it and whatever so can you theme it yes you can theme it i changed my theme if you can't do base 16 ocean i will not use your tool oh okay <laughs> full stop fair enough like i need it to be dark and i want it to be fun colors and if you won't let me do that then I'm not using it. Okay.
1: Well, then here we go.
0: Two out of two
1: out of something. So it's not bad.
0: Yeah. So we uh, we should probably try using it for something with some of our team at some point, and we can report back with more details about how it goes and if it's like you know if it streams well and is feels snappier or if, like what the what the deal is. But it looks very cool. Yeah, I'm into it. And this is you getting away from Microsoft, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't a like conscious choice, but it's, uh, I think that's the thing is uh, in my blog post, I kind of have an intro about that where it's like you kind of get comfortable with your tools and set in your ways. And I hardly ever change tools and I want to be better about just trying other stuff because like things might be better. I just don't want to commit the time to like changing my muscle memory, I guess. Mm. But I'm going to start doing that because I think a lot of stuff is better than what I use. Yeah. Why not like be open? What is your theme that you like? Base 16 Ocean. I don't even see that. I don't know if they had it built in or if I, like, maybe there was a theme repo that I could get it from or something. Yeah, must be. Okay. Well, we'll see. All right. Interesting. Two out of five so far. Interesting. Yep. So regressing back to what my number two was, it was uh, Warp, which Mm -hmm. we're familiar with. We've had Zach on. You've done some ad reads for them. So people have probably at least looked it up at this point if they've been listening to the podcast a while. but um, basically, it's a terminal written in rust, which is cool. Basically anything written in rust these days just wins because rust is cool. Mm-hmm. and uh, it's not only cool for that, it has like it has tons of buzzwords. It also has an AI chat or not chat uh, search, which uh you can say like, get branch delete." Like, I don't remember how to delete a branch. How do I do that? And it'll go like, oh, do you mean like git branch dash D branch name or whatever? And it like, yeah. So it's like a, you know, a GitHub copilot type of thing built in that like helps you figure out what the commands you meant were, hmm. which is very cool. Yeah. The only
1: thing that's still kind of a bummer to me is uh, the preferences pane still has
0: very small text. Yes, and I tested that the other day after you had mentioned that. Yeah. If you do, like, command plus while you're in there, it increases the font size number. You can see it doing it, but it doesn't change the font of the preferences themselves.
1: Yep, exactly. They don't use the same. Which is very annoying. Yeah, and it's really hard to read still. So, Zach, still hard to read, man. Come on.
0: Yeah. Hook me up. I don't really understand why they wouldn't inherit from the same font Styles, but I'm sure there's a reason,
1: yeah. So there is that as a, a thing, but uh, and the only other thing that annoys me kind of is that I cannot, like, I can't. Uh, there's a little shortcut that's like control command space and it brings up your little emoji. Mm-hmm. And I want to do get Emoji for my commits, and I have to like get them from outside the app and then drop that in and mm. it's just a minor inconvenience but maybe if i had some keyboard shortcuts or something cuz it hijacks your key commands yeah i don't know it, it must it must have like something that doesn't allow that to actually like do it in place but then like
0: other things do cuz i would think that would be a global it is usually thing that unless it's blocking all global key commands maybe you, it has its own that's the same yeah Like it does something else in Warp. Well, nothing ever happens,
1: but maybe. Hmm. Keyboard shortcuts.
0: Yeah, I'll have to look it up. So it's like, I don't know. Well, regardless of why, still annoying. Mm -hmm. I mean, Warp's cool, though. I think you should check it out. They are continually releasing new updates. Like every day when I boot it up, it's like, do you want the new version? So (laughs) it's uh, Mm. pretty frequently worked on. All right. So that's the top three. The next one, I think it was number four. I forget my ordering was GitHub desktop, Mm. which I think is a hot take slash underrated. Like people like GitHub desktop, like one, what do you need a GUI for at all? Mm. And then two, like why would you choose that when there's so many powerful, like Git tools. And to them, I say it's for the little things (laughs) like, If I want to open a pull request, there's a create pull request button. I don't have to like push, go open GitHub, find my branch, click compare and pull request, set all that up. It's just like, just opens it. And like, you know, that's super powerful, I think. And then I think I like that it's not as powerful in terms of like the Git functionality. Like it'll do the things that are pretty safe. Like you're not going to do a super interactive rebase or, like, I don't know, anything that's that you could possibly break everything. Are you going to drop commits and stuff like that? Yeah. Like, it's just going to tell you each step of that rebase that, like, you've got some conflicts. Go use, like, something else and figure these out. So it's, like, I feel very safe. Like, uh, there's nothing I can click in there to really break everything. And it just is a nice, like, takes all the complexity away from Git. It's just like, give me code, I give you code back kind of thing, and it's just nice.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, I like flexing, though. You like flexing? Yeah. Oh, you like doing stuff hard the hard
1: way? Yeah. I don't want fancy shortcut buttons.
0: Not my gumdrop buttons. Mm. Was that 5? I remember what 5 was now. Okay. 5 was fig. Have you tried fig? Yeah, kind of.
1: It's another one that, like, you can get this account and like start to share things. It does feel like it's kind of bringing some sanity to my dot files, which probably need like just a refresh. Yeah. Anyway, these days. So I do like that. And then obviously it can kind of be nice for like on a new computer, to sort of get some of the same things. But that's a theme for you is that you want like, you want to manage things that synchronize across machines.
0: Yes. I'm getting to the point where I want to be able to work on four machines, Mm. and I want it to feel like I was just on this machine a second ago, even though I switched. Like, Mm. you know, Warp being able to save things in the cloud, if you want, is nice because you can say, like, you know, I ran all these commands, and then four days later, I forgot the commands, and I'm on a different machine, but I can still run them because it, like, they're all saved there. Yeah, I'm not sure if Fig does the same thing, but it's like. The thing that it's nice for is it's kind of similar to Fish's internal autocomplete, mm. which kind of like reads man pages and like tries to be smart about what you're doing. Mm. So it'll give you like also like not just that first result of what it thinks you actually might want, but like a drop down. So you can have like, oh, I don't remember all the things I can do with yarn, let's say like, so you go yarn and then it's like, oh, you want to add, you want to like, here's the 20 other commands that you don't use because everyone only uses add, like, (laughs) it tells me what all that stuff is. So, I mean, similarly, like, now that Warp has kind of this nice AI thing.
1: Yeah, the nice, nice, like, predictive autocomplete thing. Yeah,
0: so you may not need both. I'm not sure if they play well together, honestly. I've only used FIG in Hyper. Mm. I'm not sure if it works in Warp or not. But it's still a cool tool, and I think they could play well together if they wanted to. Right.
1: One just acquires the other, and then it just becomes... That's true. Wig. Becomes wig. <laughs> Wog. W- wig. Warg. Have you tried wig? Warg. <laughs> yeah, just added, it. Just change it to G. <laughs> that's all you get is the G in this suite of tools. Well, okay. Yeah, all compelling things. Some I've tried, some I have not, but I can see a theme there. And if that's a... I'm very interested in trying said. Actually, I am just kind of. I feel like VS Code is just Mm -hmm. busy. It's really busy and it has all the things in there. And it's kind of nice where you can like debug node applications using the terminal and uh, a little like attach thing. And so that is kind of nice, but man, in general, it just feels so busy to
0: me. Mm -hmm. It does too much. Yeah. It's similar to like ClickUp where it does everything. It's like, oh, I integrate with like Netscape Navigator somehow or like things that don't exist because like I integrate with literally everything. Yeah, And it's like, oh my God, where are the, like how do I configure you? How do I use you? This is too much. Yeah. And then it's just all too specific for for each thing and
1: trying to set up settings for particular workspaces. And I mean, I guess it's nice that you, for a project, you can have those like VS Code directories and, kind of get some magic there, but it can be a bit much.
0: Yeah. So I'll have to use Zed more in depth and I will report back with if there's any shortcomings around various things. Like there, I think those are nice things in VS code of like it'll show you if you have lint problems or typescript problems or whatever, versus you getting them when you go to like compile Mm. or whatever. But half the time, those don't work right either. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily matter.
1: I really want to know whether Zed is dead or not. Whether it's dead? Zed's
0: dead. Is this another reference I'm supposed to? Pulp Fiction. Yes. Oh, I have seen Pulp Fiction, but I haven't seen it in a long time.
1: Hmm. Well,
0: good for thought. Cool. Well, that's the end of this episode. We have one more. Will be our holiday finale. I guess hopefully it will air like Christmas Eve if we're doing this right. I don't know. So, cool. We'll catch you then. Thanks for listening to Whiskey Web and
1: Whatnot. This podcast is brought to you by Shipshape and produced by Podcast
0: Royale. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with a friend or two and leave us a rating, maybe a review, as long as it's good. You can subscribe to future episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more info about Shipshape and this show, check out our website at Shipshape.io.